Hello, and welcome to a special episode of PNBFM. I am your host on this creepy crawling adventure, Dylan Tierney, and joining me in my quest through this uh, the, these these metaphorical musical caverns is one Brendan Lundy. Say hello. Hello. Hello, and uh, we are here to guide you through this journey of our uh, curated dun- uh, dungeon crawler sort of playlist or set list, as it were. Um, and this is an idea Brendan kind of had of like a themed episode of PNBFM. Go figure. And Brendan had a dungeon crawler themed episode of PNBFM. Hey, go. You know, go figure. Go figure. It's it's, it's not totally crazy for us, but also <laughs> it's a little different than our typical foray with game music. Right. Um, this is just a him and I operation for this week of uh, just picking some different tracks from a bunch of games we've played over the years. Because uh, new and old, there are some really great tracks. Uh, what brought us in was uh, The Legend of Grimrock 2, the main theme from that game. Now, I played the first game um, back in the day because, I'll be honest, it was one of the only games on Mac at the time in, like, 2011. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, it was in a native Mac support, so I played it quite a bit. I did not end up playing the sequel. Um, what made this track exactly stick out to you? Oh, I just really like it. I think I would put it up against the likes of, you know, the Elder Scrolls theme, uh, the Witcher theme. Mm-hmm. It's a really, you know, it's kind of that, I don't want to say cliche, but, uh, you know, your standard fantasy orchestral uh, bombastic tune. It's getting you pumped up, you know, go explore this abandoned island was filled with dungeons and things like that. Lots of, um, lots of slow slow percussion and and, uh, and brass in the background. Yeah, lots of, yeah, a lot of anthemic brass and mm-hmm. uh, it's good. It's um, I remember being very struck by how good that soundtrack was. Not saying that uh, the first Grimrock had bad music or anything, but Grimrock Two was such a step above it in almost every way. And the music was the first, like your first indication that, like, oh yeah, okay, they're really going for it this time. Um, mm-hmm. It was immediate from the start screen. So yeah, that's why I picked this one. Well, all right. I also think it does a good job at being sort of uh, not cliche, as you were uh, like you said, not cliche, but like it, it 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 fits that sort of mold of of like a bombastic title screen of just like all right, we're going to go on this epic, this adventure. It, it all starts here, kind of thing. Yeah. And exactly. naturally, since it all starts here, we must go then to the next floor, as this is a dungeon run after all. Right. And uh, you chose the first and second floors theme from the Dark Spire. So the Dark Spire was actually one of the first really traditional, like hardcore old school dungeon crawlers I ever played. Mm-hmm. It was this little gem on the Nintendo DS, and it's you know now it goes for quite a bit of money, but at the time it didn't really sell very well. And mm-hmm. uh, I heard about it through the the game room, the classic game room YouTube channel, like way back in like I don't know. 2008 or something like that. I can't remember specifically when when this game came out. Um, but it's so much... I don't know. It, it, it does such a good job of establishing the atmosphere of this game. And, I mean, a lot of dungeon crawlers in this first-person, old-school style have really uh, limited and austere uh, graphics and visuals to begin with. They really put a lot of the emphasis on the UI and the dialogue and narration that happens when you're exploring these dungeons. But the Dark Spire is even more 
kind of stripped down but the music does such a good job of establishing the atmosphere uh, for the game right off the gate that uh, you don't you don't need like tons of of uh, like sprites or complex art design it's really just like really simple tile based uh, uh, corridors that you're going Dun- down like but, yeah like corridor exploration but like it's like it's barely a step above those early you know wizardry or the early fantasy star games where it's just you know that's all you're doing is just first person exploration and completely samey looking corridors but yeah this music totally it it uh it it made it fun and it made it not like it didn't feel like anything was missing necessarily which is a lot for a game that has such pared down visuals yeah yeah like when 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 the the visuals aren't as front and center um having that be sort of the the core part of the game is pretty cool um because i i can't even tell i'm looking at this like this could be a game of the ps1 this could be a game on the 3ds i have no idea i think it was 3ds right it was ds it was the original ds DS. gotcha gotcha so it was published by atlas who also made etrian odyssey and it came out after etrian odyssey did so this was like you know etrian odyssey was seen as this kind of uh, return to the old classic dungeon crawlers, but in a slightly, you know, different, uh, different flavor maybe than the traditional Dungeons and Dragons style. This is more your traditional Dungeons and Dragons style. It's also way harder than the already difficult Etrian Odyssey games. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're spending so much time grinding through these dungeons and stuff. And so the music better be good. And the composer, um, Kenichi Arakawa. I don't think he's really done anything super noteworthy. He's worked on some smaller games since then, but nothing nothing like this, you know. And as we progress through this dungeon, where would we be in the dungeon without the shopkeep? Um, you know, you're sort of, what are you buying? Uh, yeah. you, got, you got to have a guy on the inside helping you get some items throughout the, the, uh, the run or the journey. Um, and this leads me to my pick, my first pick of the episode, which is uh, Crypt of the Necronancer, Crypt Deck. Um, this is the second level of the game. Um, and this is specifically the shopkeeper mix because in Crypt of the Necro Dancer, obviously music is front and center. Um, it is a rhythm game as much as it, as it is a dungeon crawler. So having the sort of th- this uh, funny sort of silly looking shopkeep guy, 
He's doing like uh, faux operatics, uh, mirroring the game music itself, um, which really I think livens up the game quite a bit. Because um, that 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 means like you don't even have to see him. You know he's close because you can hear his sort of chiptune opera starting to bleed in, um, and it, it's always fun just running into that guy. Even even though I, and most of the time I feel like his items aren't even that worth it. It's just ah, here's like a here's a whip that'll. Do like the, the the knight in chess motion when you like whip at, at somebody. It's just eh, okay, sure. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. In terms of like the shopkeep in this experience, like in, in a dungeon crawler, besides like the messenger, um, which I'm not going to spoil that. Uh, you know, this this is pretty intrinsic to like what a shopkeep is. Now that we're all uh, geared up, as it were, we're going to keep going. We are going to The Binding of Isaac, a, uh, a classic at this point, I guess. It's like a 10-year-old game, which is kind of weird to think about. Binding of, Isaac. Binding, of Isaac's, Binding of Isaac's had like four sequels, man, <laughs> or four yeah. expansions. That game, it's so weird. It feels like such it an omnipresent so thing. It's like it's always, there's always, Binding of Isaac shows up on every new story service every new console i feel like in the last i don't know however long it's been since it got released and it's just like oh yeah bindings on there everyone's gonna go play binding of isaac like, like back, back when breath of the wild was was one of the only games on the nintendo switch this was this came out right. um and sort of captivated a lot of people i think this is also much to nintendo chagrin where uh, that switch tax started coming in because it was like 40 dollars or something because um, it was a physical cart, they went all out with it. But um, yeah, this game, this game really is the game that just keeps on giving. And you can play. I mean, it is a run-based dungeon crawler type of game, so obviously it has a lot of replayability and it's procedurally generated a lot of the time. Um, obviously, harkening back to like a Zelda one sort of sense of exploration. Um, but just this, this, this first theme when you're just thrown into the basement, um, it it really sells just quite how like, creepy and atmospheric this. Yeah. This area you're in because it, it almost sounds like kind of like a lo-fi hip hop beat, um, because you're realizing just how kind of out there. Like, you know, it 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 might be just because we're desensitized to it at this point. But Binding of Isaac's a pretty fucked up game. Actually, I mean, uh, I was gonna say like even to this day, there talk are the times bottom. like I'm like I don't I don't I'm know if I want to play this. Yeah, it's it's kind of <laughs> gross. Like all the power ups are somehow like you know defiguring Isaac even more. Like, you, yeah. there are, like, transmogrifications and fucking, like, you know, just, like, oh, you're gonna just, you put needles in your eyes so that when you cry your tears, they're bloody, and I'm like, huh? Yeah, it's incredibly un, uns, uh, unsettling. It is unsettling, and I think the music does a pretty good job of, 
of sowing that tension and unease, like, ah, it's just this kind of weird lo-fi stuff, but in the context of Binding of Isaac, it's like, yeah, okay, we're we're in this fucking hell monster basement, <laughs> like, right. with all, like, I guess, all the other siblings that were thrown down here. Let's, uh, let's see what we got. into one of Brennan's other picks and a game uh, a game that he's already pulled a prank on me about is called Seventh Dragon 3. <laughs> yes. It's uh, already just like, huh? It's actually, it's Seventh Dragon 3 Code VFD is the full name of this game. Um, this is a... So this is a... It, it like straddles the line between um, like J, like traditional JRPG and traditional old school dungeon crawler, um, it probably fits more in line with something like Persona Q or something like that, but without the roguelike mystery dungeon elements. Um, mm-hmm. And so this song is one of the uh, many battle themes for Seventh Dragon. Um, and Seventh Dragon is this one in, in particular, it's a sci fi based game uh there's a lot of time travel you're doing a like vr missions basically you're like a team of of uh time hopping vr hackers going to different periods of history uh before everything was destroyed by a bunch of dragons as you might be able to tell from the uh, name of the game um and yeah this um this song is composed by yuzo koshiro whose name you will hear at least uh, one or two more times in this episode. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you, you, if you're listening to this show, there's a good chance you don't need to know who Yuzo Koshiro is because you already yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, and and this is uh, this is my personal favorite of the of the battle themes. And um, unfortunately, the soundtrack has never been uh, translated. The the titles have never been translated into English. So I don't actually know what the name of the song is. Um, what an English translated into English, but uh, yeah. It's still really good. We'll have it there for you to, to listen to. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'll say I hacked my 3DS. You know, maybe this game will be on my horizon. Maybe it'll be on my radar at some point. It's a, it's uh, a fun game. Take, it's got a, a good a like synergy based combat system. Um, you know, it's it's lots of weird party mechanics and stuff. 
but uh, you know at its core it's about exploring dungeons and and grinding your party to better uh, better skills and whatnot so if you like that you'll probably like this game also it's got great music great music and one great bop uh battle bop deserves another so we go back into my picks and we are at etri and odyssey 3 uh battlefield the first campaign now this is a remix of what's actually in the game because this is a ds game if i'm not mistaken correct so obviously it's uh, not so, going to so etri and odyssey 3 is a 3ds game oh so this is actually what's in the game yes and then exactly now, also... now that i think about it isn't it a is it not a remake or is that well so actually not this this song in particular is also in the most recent etrian odyssey game uh etrian odyssey nexus mm-hmm. um gotcha so it it makes an appearance uh one as one of the battle themes in the game um yeah it's oh man it's so good it's really it good. sounds incredible when i saw this for the first time this is one of the first first songs like game music songs i'm like well, I can't find a way to purchase it, so I'm going to rip the highest quality version on YouTube and just have it on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, and <laughs> because it's just it's it's really solid just like breakneck combat pace kind of music. And like, like how it's many really good. How many battle themes can you think of that have at least two different bridges and an entire guitar solo? Like You know, you know why this is tickling my brain is because it reminds me of Octopath Traveler music. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Violin solos and guitar solos and all kinds of shit just in the back. Man. Oh, what a song. What a song.
And if you thought that was the only Etrian Odyssey song on the list, you would be wrong, because Brendan came to me first with this track from Etrian Odyssey Nexus, the aforementioned Etrian Odyssey Nexus. Now, this is, what, a remake of the DS game on 3DS? Uh, so Nexus is kind of like the, Met, the, or the, excuse me, the Super Smash Brothers ultimate of Etrian Odyssey. You know, they took all of the classes, all of the monsters, all of the, the dungeon tile sets, mashed it into this giant game. It was, it just came out towards the end of 2019. So it's not a super old game, but it was like the send off of the Etrian Odyssey series on 3DS. And as far as it looks, potentially the final Etrian Odyssey game oh, ever man. unless uh, so you know sad. something else comes along on you know switch or pc but yeah or pc on the pc game show <laughs> yeah yeah so there would, wouldn't that be a twist oh man i would be so excited but um so this song is the port city bathed in twilight which also made its first appearance in etrian odyssey 3 but in nexus it's used throughout different um so you know Traditional dungeon crawlers have more of like a visual novel style uh, town setup where you got like a menu that you're picking between that takes you to the shop and whatnot. If anyone who's played older Persona games will know what I'm talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is like the shop, the bar, and a few other places in Nexus use this. Um, It's also the nighttime town music for three and for Nexus. Um, And it's unlike anything else really that like it doesn't sound like it should be in a high fantasy dungeon crawling rpg it sounds it, honestly it sounds more like it should be in a persona game it's got yeah know. screw it I, I just you know what add more breast add more like t- trumpet solos to uh yeah, traditional fantasy and, man and and saxophones and just and sax and, and yeah. harpsichord um uh and organ solos fuck it throw it all in there yeah let's get all of it <laughs> let's do all of it it's so it, good. it really works in this and it, it, i can see this being a town theme like that was one of my favorite parts of Persona 4 when I was playing that at the time, is discovering, like, man, I can just have this music going while I'm walking around, like, a college campus, and it kind of feels right. It feels somewhat like this is familiar right. somehow. Yeah. And this has those same, those exact same vibes. Totally. You know, it's funny. Um, so Yuzo Koshiro, who uh, also uh, composed this track, oh, there you he go. is known for doing, for making compositions that would work on the old... Um, like PC home consoles that a lot of Japanese early Japanese first person dungeon crawlers would come on, uh, would mm-hmm. come out for. Um, but I gotta say, I don't see how this song could be could give in, you could give this song any sort of uh, like justi- justice by playing it on an older hardware. Like it's so layered. There's so much stuff going on, but it, it there there is a lot going on, and and as much as those old systems. You know, did what they could with the the stuff they had and made great music. Um, like having it blown out to this de- degree, I think it really helps sell the song and make it its own. You know, like yeah. uh, quite a few songs that get uh, that kind of upgrade. You know, from older hardware to newer hardware. There's, there, there's that liberty, that creativity to to sort of just do what you want with it. Like, yeah, um, not to just name other songs, but like Pokemon Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, like had a lot of great remixes actually. That um that really only just made they made it more energetic, more frenetic. Yeah, I feel like uh, series like Pokemon or Zelda, um, Mario. They really when you get those those remixes on newer hardware, it um it adds so much to. I can't I'd see, and I feel like I feel like you know the the big Pokemon split is like Gen Four. There's a huge split in Gen Four. A lot of people like it, a lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, and I'm somewhere in the middle where I liked it a lot at the time, but realized its shortcomings, but. 
when you get when they're gonna do when they do a remake of Diamond and Pearl like next year or something, they're gonna have Cynthia's theme. Oh <laughs> my God, it's gonna go, it's uh, going to go create the, the piano breakdown and, and Cynthia's theme coming out of Switch hardware. Can't fucking wait. That's Can't one of the wait. few. That's one of the few Pokemon games that I didn't really play. So that gen I, I missed out on. So I'm I'm all for it. Let's go. Yeah. Oh my God, I cannot wait. Um, but that's enough. That's enough fluffing Pokemon here. Um, and I'm kind of, it's kind of funny we didn't pick any Pokemon songs, but I actually did not play uh, a lot of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games and stuff growing up. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, there are better Mystery Dungeon games out there. And you know what's funny? I actually was going through some of my favorite Mystery Dungeon games, like the Sheer and the Wanderer games. And mm-hmm. I, you know, they're, the songs that we picked are, let's say, better representative of the dungeon crawling tunes that are really good out there. I, I don't think that, you know, those are those are fun games to play, but they don't really have iconic soundtracks. But speaking of iconic soundtracks, this was a last-minute pick by you. We are moving on to yeah. Vagrant Story, a game I keep hearing you talk about. I think one of these days I might actually just play it. <laughs> so Vagrant Story is one of those – it is absolutely – like it wears its um, its inspirations on its sleeve. And I would say that by far its biggest inspirations are traditional dungeon crawlers, just in the way that it lays out its maps and its, its – uh, the rooms and uh, the, I mean the fact that it takes place in one city and you're just exploring the, the crypts and caverns and, and stuff beneath the city uh, but there's mm-hmm. you know a lot of uh, there's a lot of action, action adventure stuff there's, it's got this huge bombastic RPG story and that's in thanks to the fact that it was directed by um, same director Matsuno um, from uh you know, Final Fantasy 11, or excuse me, Final Fantasy 12, and Final Fantasy Tactics. So, of course, it has the same composer as those games, Hitoshi Sakamoto. So, if you listen to Vagrant Story, like you just start the soundtrack out, you're like, yeah, this totally sounds like, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy 12, um, Ogre Battle, all that stuff. However, <laughs> Vagrant Story, um, he was given the instructions to make it creepy. And he was told to listen to X Files, to the X Files soundtrack. <laughs> that's so incredible. There are some that's, really that's weird. That's why I'm hearing some. That's why I'm hearing yeah. these, like, these like low tuned steel drum sounds and shit. Yeah, and it's it's weird. Like this this track really highlights how you know there is some of that um, orchestral bombast in this song, but it's weird. Uh, yeah, percussion 
and ominous synths and stuff. It pulls a lot from kind of what Hit Tanaka did with the original Metroid soundtrack as well. Um, I can hear that for sure. Yeah, that, those those sinister under undertones of like uh, like Kraid's Kraid's uh, like Lower Norfair. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, man. and honestly, Vagrant Story is basically like a precursor to Souls games, and so therefore has a lot of DNA in Metroid and Castlevania Metroidvania stuff. So um, hell yeah, you know, it, it all makes sense. But yeah, this. This is probably my favorite track from that game just because of how fucking weird it is. And it's fun because I can't tell where these games came out, like a lot of your picks. Like, is this is a PS1 game, right? Yeah, this is from 2000. This is like, a, Good like one of the Lord. last. This is very timeless for a 2000 game. Yeah, this is like, this was Square's last big thing on the, the PS1. And it's so much different than anything else they really did. And yeah, it shows. I'm actually going to ask Hannah because um, Hannah, my fiance, has a pretty storied history with PS1 RPGs. I'm going to mm-hmm. see if she's heard a Vagrant story because uh, she'll talk up like Legend of Lagaya, okay, um, and a lot of the the PS1 Final Fantasies, obviously. Um, and did she say something about Legend of Dragoon? She might have, um, but that that was definitely her bag back when she was a kid. So I'm I'm curious if she's heard of it actually. Yeah. Uh- I mean, hopefully, it's a great game that not enough people played. They, um, you know, he he went on to kind of resurrect the story in like an oblique side way with the game mm-hmm. Crimson Shroud on 3DS. But yeah, Vagrant Story deserves a real sequel. I, you know what, I will look into it because apparently, uh, RetroArch on, on 3DS can run PS1 games. So, well, hey, which uh, is honestly, weird for me to think about yeah, that. There are a few things that haven't aged well, but it almost all has to do with the, like the menu and the UI. Mm-hmm. Everything else about this game, man, it is. It, I pretty timeless. I think it's great. Yeah, it's a great game. be an amended mind track without a, uh, a sort of companion piece i picked uh the first theme from spelunky specifically the xbox live version of the game um which has come to other platforms later but it's the they call it spelunky hd as it were because Sp- oh. spelunky used to be like a, a web like a flash game if i'm not mistaken or like a browser game yeah it was a browser game first and then it, it came to to consoles i'd never realized they delineated it as hd though well, I think that was just because at the time Xbox Live Arcade, you know, they they had Trials HD, had all kinds of things that were HD, even if they didn't really need it in the game. I'm surprised they didn't call it like Cave Story HD when they brought it brought it forward. Oh but, yeah, um, yeah, true. But no, um, Spelunky is just it's it's Incredible. such a weird game because it's got such a pleasant uh, aesthetic, but uh, has a lot of weird like sinister and and kind of bloody and gory undertones especially like when you find the ways where you die um and you're gonna go through the gamut of that in the first level which is the cave um yeah it sets up the whole foundation for what splunky is it's a randomly generated dungeon 
you have lots of spikes and arrows, and you know sometimes the skull is going to turn into a skeleton. Sometimes the skull is just going to be a skull. Sometimes you're going to break a crate open, and it's going to have a snake and kill you. Like, uh, like there's there's so much left to chance and and mystery in Spelunky that I think this just this weird again lo-fi jingle really uh, really helps sell. So actually, uh, when we were talking earlier about, I was mentioning how Etrian Odyssey's music was made to sound like older games. Something that I've always really liked about Spelunky is that like that bubbly, rounded, twangy bass tone that it has, and it's so good in this song. Oh. It's so good. Yeah. It sounds like it's like, you know, it sounds like what you think Genesis this Genesis yeah, sounds yeah. like. Yeah, it's like it's it's like it, what you think a good Genesis song sounds yeah. like because it's like you said, very bassy. The bass is just doing his own thing that complements the main song, but yeah. like it it just adds such a weird layer of mystery to a game that's already full of that kind of stuff. And you know what? Um, um the fact that you yeah. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say that this is the song I've heard the most uh, while playing Spelunky. Well, yeah, cuz you usually die and that's your level you go to first. And I think it <laughs> speaks to just both this song and like the way that Spelunky is laid out and uh, the, the quality of the music in general that I'm, I've never gotten tired of this. And in fact, every time when we were just going back and forth of what, what to listen to and I heard this for the first time, you know, maybe in a couple of years, I haven't played it in a while. I was immediately like, fuck, I really want to go play some, some yeah. Spelunky. It's really good. It's so good. Why is it on the Switch? It feels like Why? a natural fit. I, oh, man, yeah. It's Such been, a natural fit. And, what, like, and they announced Spelunky 2 like two and a half years ago. Oh, yeah. I don't. That's one of those ones that it's not even like I can I completely forget that it got announced. It's not like, oh, hey, what happened with the Final Fantasy VII remake, you know, for five years? Or what? Are, we're waiting for Metroid Prime 4 and Breath of the Wild 2. But with Spelunky 2, I completely forget that it exists. And then someone will mention it, like, <laughs> yeah, like in conversation like this or on a podcast. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's coming out. Is it? <laughs> Is it, though? I hope so. I hope so. Is it, though? We we deserve, society deserves Spelunky 2. For, what, for, for nothing else than to have that joy of... That that weird mystery happen all over again because you know yeah. it's going to be just that crazy. And I hope whatever its intro level song is is as good as uh, just as catchy as, as the, the originals. Yeah. Um, and then that's going to wrap up the show. Um, we're going to talk about the final song I have picked as Oof. we get into the outro. But yes. uh, thank you for listening to PNBFM, everyone. Um, we appreciate any and all support that you guys can give us. We've uh, ever since. Our friend, our pal, T.L. Foster, has been making the rounds on the internet lately. Um, we've actually seen a little bit of a, of a surge on PNB uh, and the whole PNB network. So I'm really happy to see that. Um, and we're happy to just do these shows for you guys and, and keep up the, the PNB network. It's, we have a lot of fun doing it. Um, and we really appreciate any and all support you guys can give, even if it's just a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you want. Any little bit can help us out, and you'll get access to this show early. You'll get access to any sort of best ofs early that we do for the PNB network um, and yeah it helps us out a lot so we appreciate your support and uh, going we are going out on the Ganon fight in Cadence of Hyrule another Danny B another another Danny Baranowski classic uh, remix as it were yeah um, because that, that's what Cadence of Hyrule's bit is it's like Danny B remixes of Zelda songs you could sell that to me for $25 as an album I'd probably buy it um I did, and th- I did buy the album. It's so good. It's really, really good. It's not just like, oh, okay, 
you were going to give you brownie points because it's a Zelda song. Right. Uh, no, like, I would never imagine Ganondorf having, like, a basically an organ-backed disco jam. Dude, uh, he's... Danny Baranowski is, so is a genius. Like, he took... Obviously, these are timeless songs. Obviously, he's a already a good composer, but the fact that he was able to... to switch up the way that these songs sound in ways that are unexpected like like we'll hear in the Ganon battle it's it's just it's incredible I mean it, it's, it's so it turns good. the Grudo Valley theme into like a slow jam oh, you know yeah. like that's in the, exactly in the what I was thinking of it's so like or they have just uh, like even the title screen with like the, the operatic uh, yeah the, yeah Zelda's lullaby like it is fantastic that game I mean I already think that game's kind of slept on um, I but man, is that music really good? And I think it's it, a lot of it can be encapsulated here in this Ganon fight. I know we didn't really get super into like game of the year stuff, or at least I didn't last year. Um, but I had Cadence at like probably number one or two for a long time last year, and yeah, Cadence was in the in the discussion for my top ten for yeah, sure. I fucking love this. Really game. good. It's so good. Like I, I like the visuals. I think that I uh, it's cool how they. They almost invented ways to sort of have a compromise as like a crypt game, a hardcore crypt game, or a 2D Zelda game. Yeah. And even as a, as just a 2D Zelda game, I think it works. Honestly, if you turn off the um, the rhythm, it doesn't hurt the game at all. It just plays like like any other mystery dungeon, roguelike, you know, turn-based, tile-based, roguelike game out there. And I love those games. I love Zelda and the way that it marries both of those things with the you know, the dungeon puzzles, but also the hardcore, like, you know, run-based nature of the game. It's so good. So, so good. And then that's going to do it for PNBFM this week, y'all. Appreciate you all coming out and listening. Thanks, Brendan, for coming on. Of course. Thanks for helping me spearhead this episode. This yeah. is an interesting experiment as far as PNBFM goes, but I like it. And, you know, we're able to have that flexibility here on yeah. PNB. So, for myself and for Brendan... Have a good one.